Do you at sometimes feel like Charlie Brown? You know, in the midst of Christmas, uh, you go to uh, all the shopping and uh, maybe the mall and uh, Christmas decorations that have been up since Halloween, and you're hearing all these Christmas songs in your uh, in your head over and over and over again, and all the Christmas parties and all the things that go go uh, go along with that. Do you ever feel like Charlie Brown, and you just want to shout, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? (laughs) I'm sure you've seen the classic TV special, A Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, It's been airing since 1965. It's been been around for, for so long, and that's a pretty good run, especially for a cartoon that was uh, produced or an animated uh, show that was produced on a low budget that was basically a last-minute production schedule for animation. It all came about because Coca-Cola wanted uh, a Christmas special to sponsor that year. Uh, And the cartoon Peanuts was wildly popular then, and so they approached the creator... Uh, Charles Schultz, the creator of Peanuts, asking for a meeting and for some ideas. Well, the Peanuts creator, Charles Schultz, and the producers got together and they created the outline uh, for the entire show in one single day. And that's uh, pretty well unheard of. And the, the, the Coke executives went for it. Uh, but Schultz had some pretty unorthodox ideas, uh, like playing jazz music for a cartoon, and no laugh track. Laugh tracks were, were pretty much uh, ubiquitous. They were al- almost on every show. They had laugh tracks during that time, uh, and, and Schultz said no. And there was another thing. Schultz was most adamant that the show would present the story of the birth of Jesus. And as a matter of fact, he wanted a scene that was read straight from the Bible. Uh, the TV, the producers worried that reading from the Bible might be a little bit too controversial uh, for airing on national television, uh, but Schultz insisted. He said, if you're going to use my cartoon, you're going to do it my way. Well, the, the Coca-Cola executives uh, went with it, and uh, I think you could say the show's done pretty well uh, every year since 1965. Uh, you've probably seen it a time or two. I know I've, I've seen it a number of times down through, through the years or it's been playing somewhere where you go. Uh, and even with, in the midst of all the trappings of Christmas and the tinsel and the trees and the lights and the songs, uh, Charlie Brown uh, was kind of, he had gotten to the point where uh, he came up empty. And... Uh, we see him wondering aloud about what Christmas is all about and his best friend Linus. He's got his blanket with his thumb in his mouth and Charlie Brown was saying, does anyone really know what Christmas is all about? Linus takes his thumb out of his mouth, he drops his blanket and he said, I'll tell you Charlie Brown and he goes to the stage and Linus says, lights please. Spotlight shows on Linus, and he reads probably uh, one of the most poignant scenes uh, in TV. Uh, He reads, 
And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping their, their watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. And it's in these words that Charlie Brown finds hope, and it's where the whole Christmas experience turns for him, and he realizes the true meaning of Christmas. And he goes from being depressed and inwardly focused uh, and questioning to outwardly sharing the scene, the Christmas story with others. And all of a sudden it makes sense to him that this was about Jesus. And so today I want to invite us into these same words of hope as we come into this season preparing uh, as we near the time when we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And over the next three weeks we're going to unwrap the gifts of Christmas, the gifts that we have because of Jesus Christ, because of his birth and his ultimate crucifixion, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Uh, and it's going to be a chance to listen to the stories, to remember the true meaning of Christmas. Uh, I don't necessarily uh, so much have a problem when people in the, in the stores now tell you happy holidays, because I know what it means. And, and so many of them uh, would rather say, uh, Merry Christmas, or Jesus is the reason for the season. But we know uh, what it all means, and that Jesus is the Savior of the world. God didn't want anyone to perish, but that all would come uh, to, to be a part of his family. And he knew that would have to come through a Savior. And it would have to be a Savior who could pay the penalty for sin for the entire world. And he knew that he had to be a deity, and he had to be fully man, and that was Jesus Christ. And I think uh, the, the point is not necessarily that we get rid of all the trappings and all the, the traditions and the celebrations around us, but that we would take a purposeful journey through them. I know many families have different traditions. Uh, many families have different things that you do during the Christmas season. And I think as long as we, we take those and realize that there is a greater meaning, just as in the Old Testament, uh, God uh, left symbols and God left signs and God left traditions uh, for his people. But they all, they all had a greater meaning. They all had a greater purpose. And the purpose was not um, just for the tradition. The purpose was that the tradition should point to someone, and it was Jesus Christ. So everything we do should point to Jesus. And everything we do should, should be an opportunity for us with our families to teach and to train, this is about Jesus, and this is, what, this is why we do this, or this is what this can symbolize uh, for us. It's about Jesus. And we know that 
Jesus, brought, uh, Jesus Christ brought gifts to the world, the gift of hope, the gift of love, the gift of joy, and the gift of peace. And we're going, we're going to cover three, uh, three of those uh, over, the next, over the next few weeks. And then on this year, when does Christmas fall? On Sunday. So Sunday morning, December the 25th, we are going to be gathered together, and we're going to celebrate the greatest gift of all. Jesus, who came to earth to be our Savior. So as we unwrap each, each, each gift uh, over the next few weeks, my hope is that we discover together that we can trust Emmanuel, God with us. And so what we're going to do uh, is we're going to look at the, the hope of Christmas. Now, when we hear hope today, what are some ways in which we hear hope? I hope I get the job. I hope it doesn't rain. I hope you get to feeling better. I hope he shows up. I hope this happens. And when we think about it, uh, do you notice a theme? You know, worldly hope is characterized by doubt, uh, by uncertainty, by a lack of control. And most of the time when people use the word hope today, you know, they, they hope something happens. They wish that something would happen. Uh, we hope for things that may or may not happen. And so it's not the same as the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, the hope we have in God. Because the hope that we have, the, when the Bible talks about our Christian hope, it is not a, I think it may happen, or I would like for it to happen, and it's not a sure thing. Our hope is a guarantee. Our hope is a sure thing, the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. It's a no-so hope rather than a hope-so hope. Uh, so let's unwrap this gift of hope by looking at hope past, hope present, and hope future. So we look at hope in the past. Have there been things that you've been waiting for for a long time? And I was talking to someone this morning. Uh, they've been waiting for something. Uh, for three years. That's a long time. Some of you may have been waiting for something for longer than that. Some of you are still waiting uh, for certain things. Uh, now, Jude, uh, the Israel had a long history of waiting. They waited thousands of years for their promised Messiah. Uh, their entire history was marked by waiting and by looking forward to a Messiah that would come and uh, would set things right for them and set them free. The Old Testament is full of prophecies about the Messiah. Isaiah 7.14, uh, Stuart referred to that and read that uh, or quoted that this morning, is one example of those Old Testament prophecies. Uh, Isaiah 7.14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. There's another well-known uh, prophet, a promise from Isaiah. For unto us a child is born, Isaiah 9, 6. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. And we talked about the names of Jesus. One name would not suffice. Every name of Jesus has a meaning, and it, it refers to a, a, one of his, part of his character or part of uh, his, his nature. And these 
and other prophecies uh, give us a clear expectation of the promised Messiah that would come for them and for us today. We know that, that he did come. But you know, the, the, the promise didn't always make the waiting easy. The promise didn't always make the waiting easy. And as we prepare for the, com- uh, for the celebration of the coming of Jesus this Christmas, we share in that hope of Israel. Uh, but like most of them, we have situations that aren't working out the way you'd like for them to work out. We, have, we may have situations in our life that, that we may still be, uh, be waiting on and going through periods of difficulty in our life. There might be health problems. It might be financial issues. It might be uh, job issues, relationship issues. And like them, we still wait for the complete fulfillment of the hope that we have. Uh, now, we know that many of the prophecies were fulfilled when Jesus came. I uh, I didn't look up the exact number, but there were uh, quite a large number of prophecies that were fulfilled in Jesus' coming, where he would be born, where he would end up living, uh, all the things that would would happen, how he would be born, uh, what were the circumstances uh, of his his birth. Uh, But there are others that are yet to be completed. There are others that we are still waiting on. Uh, So, we can be pur- purposeful this Advent season as we prepare, as we wait, and as we look at future promises. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Everlasting Father, uh, excuse me, uh, Hebrews 11, 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, until Jesus Christ comes back, our bodies and this whole world is waiting for the fulfillment of the promises. The Bible says even the earth uh, is waiting for Jesus to come back because the earth is part of his creation. And we can find confidence in Jesus' coming arrival eventually. Uh, but we can, there's assurance that there's way, way more uh, to come. So we have the confident hope. There was hope past. Prophesied Jesus would come. Jesus came. God's word is always true and always right. And then we look at hope present. What about the hope today? You know, because this is where we live. This is the things that we experience. We experience things in the, in the now, in the moment. In the first chapter of Luke, we see Jesus' birth foretold again. But unlike the Old Testament prophecies, what we see... In Luke, there's a much more personal and there's a much more imminent foretelling. And that's when the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and tells her uh, what would happen. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 36 to 38. It's a bit of a long section here. Now, when the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, like everyone else had ever seen an angel, she was troubled at his saying, considered what manner of greeting that was. I mean, an angel shows up to you. 
and says, Mary, you are blessed among women. And she's going, well, you know what? There's something else that's going to come after that. And she considered what manner the greeting was, verse 30. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, hopefully like you or like Mary, I hope that we would be able to to hear that from God, that we have found favor with him because of our heart, because of our character, because of our, our love for him. And I'm sure Mary was waiting for, for the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. Mary, because she found favor with God, would have been waiting and expecting the coming of her Messiah. And so the angel Gabriel comes to her and says, uh, you are blessed among women, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and all of his kingdom, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Uh, now, in the midst of life's questions, in the midst of all everything, would you, wouldn't you like wish that Gabriel would come to you and tell you what's going to happen in the future? Well, maybe. <laughs> because look at what Mary goes on to say in verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, well, how can this be since I don't know a man? I haven't had any physical relationships with a man. So how, how can I get pregnant? This is not, that doesn't make any sense. Verse 35, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. Now this is called, now, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be Impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Uh, so, what was Mary told? You're going to have a child. It's going to come from through the Holy Spirit's operation, through the Holy Spirit's work. And this Jesus that that I've told you, uh, he said, he will be the mighty one. He will be the king. He is the promised Messiah that you have been waiting for, Mary. And so, thankfully, Mary responded in faith. She pondered those things in her heart. And then she went through with what, uh, what she was told to do. And today, we hold fast to that same hope, that this Jesus that was born in Bethlehem, in that manger, uh, as the song says, in a lowly estate. And he is the promised king, the promised Messiah, and he is going to ultimately set things right. So as we, we sit here today, the present hope that you have may not seem to be making a difference, but things are happening. God is working in each of our lives. If we know Christ as our Savior, God is working in our lives. Um, this doesn't mean change isn't happening. It doesn't mean God isn't working behind the scenes. It doesn't mean that God's not working through people. 
You know, we hear testimony over and over and over again how something that we do or something that we say might have an impact weeks, months, or even years later. God is at work. See, his timing is not our timing. Uh, I'm sure the Old Testament, uh, God's Old Testament people would have said, well, God, uh, Jehovah, uh, why, don't just, why don't you just send the Messiah? You know, why, why, do I have, why do we have to wait for our great, 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 great grandchildren uh, to wait to see the Messiah? And then Israel didn't even accept their Messiah when he came. Isn't that something? We've been going through on Sunday nights through the Gospel of John. And, and uh, this, uh, tonight we're going to be uh, beginning chapter 19, I think it's verses 18 and, and uh, following, or where we, where we left off last week. And we come to the point where Pilate gives uh, him over to the, to the Jews, if you will, and he uh, Jesus Christ is going to be crucified. And just like the, Apostle, uh, the Apostles' Creed says, Jesus Christ was crucified, dead, and buried. And that's what we're going to be looking at this evening in the Gospel of John. So the Jews waited for all of these centuries for the coming of the Messiah. And were wondering, is anything happening? Maybe today your hope present is, well, things aren't happening fast enough. God's still at work. Just know that the same hope that was given to the Jews, the same hope that was given to Mary, is given to us today that Jesus Christ is the wonderful counselor. Jesus Christ is the King of kings and is the Lord of lords. Uh, Look at Hebrews uh, with me, chapter 6, verse 19. Hebrews 6 and verse 19. This hope we have, this hope in Jesus Christ, this hope for our salvation, this hope for Jesus Christ coming back and setting things right again one day, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, it's both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. Our present hope in Jesus doesn't mean that we're not going to go through storms in our life. Our present hope in Jesus doesn't mean that you and I will not have to go through difficult times, just like the uh, the recent series we went through, that God uses things in our life, and He brings us sometimes, He puts us in the crucible, He heats it up so that, that we can be purified, and that we can come forth as gold. So, Our present hope doesn't mean that we're not going to go through difficult times. But like an anchor holds a ship steady against the wind and the waves, our hope that we have in Christ today can secure us in the midst of life storms. You know, it's amazing to hear the testimonies of people who are going through difficult times whose faith is in Jesus Christ. You know, they'll say, things are tough. There's, there's, I'm in pain. Things are, uh, are, are really hard and difficult right now. Or maybe they've lost a loved one. And it's not easy to move forward. They say, but God, I know God is with me. I know God is sustaining me. I know God is giving me the grace to get through day by day by day by day. Uh, because God, God's mercies are new every morning. And he's able to provide for us. Uh, So let this season be one of secure hope. 
in the midst of all that we're going through, all of the, uh, all of the insecurities of our, of our world today, all of the things that are happening uh, financially, politically, we can hold on to that secure hope, that anchor of the soul is Jesus Christ. So when things seem to be falling apart around you, let the hope of Jesus, let our hope in Jesus anchor you. And while the whole world around you is drifting back and forth, you can be steadfast and sure, knowing that Jesus is God. He died on the cross in your place. He is coming back. He will take us to be with him. And then ultimately, he's going to set foot back on planet Earth at his second coming. And he's going to ultimately, eventually set things right. And we think about that brings us into our hope future. You know, while our, our focus leading up to the time when we celebrate the birth of Jesus uh, and his arrival in the world is, is, is still future, you know, it's not just preparing our hearts uh, for this Christmas season, but it's also preparing our hearts for the coming of Jesus. We ask ourselves the question, are we ready? Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of debate about when the Lord's coming back, about when the rapture will take place. You know, that, that, uh, that, that what is talked about in, in Thessalonians, about when the Lord Jesus Christ would come in the air and receive us. Uh, we're going through the book of the Revelations for Sunday school. And, and so there, uh, there, there's so many different groups uh, that will say, you know, the Lord Jesus is going to come back for his church before uh, the, Revel- uh, the, the Great Tribulation. Some will say, well, he's going to come back uh, during the middle of the, of the tribulation. There's some that say, well, he's, he'll come back at the end of the tribulation. And, and you know what? The fact of the matter is, we need to be ready for whenever Jesus chooses to return. Are we going to be serving him, working for him, and are we going to be about his business when he chooses to return? So this, our hope lies in Jesus Christ. And so we wait, placing our hope for him in the past, the present, and the future. And, you know, it's the, it's the bigger picture uh, of our faith and God's plans for our world. The Apostle Paul explained in Romans chapter 8, verses 24 and 25, as we, as we wind this gift of hope down. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. I mean, if someone shows it to you, I mean, it's not, that's not faith. <laughs> you know, that's, that's sight. You see it. So there's, there's no faith involved. So Paul says, for we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he actually sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. So are we truly waiting for Jesus to return? Or are we so busy in the trappings of Christmas that it's all about the tinsel? It's all about the gift giving. It's all about the Christmas carols. And for some people, that's all there is for Christmas. Or that's all there is about Christmas. And the way Charlie Brown was... Can anyone tell me the, the real meaning of Christmas? This can't be all it is, just a, a festival of trees and lights and tinsel and, and carols. And so Linus, as he goes up on the stage 
and he reads the Christmas story. That's what it's all about. So this Christmas season, let's, let's not, we don't have to give up all of our traditions, but let's realize their meaning and that for which they stand. So no matter what the department stores tell you, Christmas hadn't yet arrived, and it is all about Jesus. And Jesus is the real reason for this season that we celebrate. So this period of Advent, season of preparation, uh, period of expectation and waiting. Uh, you know, see, there's value as well as excitement in patient waiting. Because it's almost as if the excitement builds for Jesus' return. And we get more and more ready for him to return. And when he comes, I believe our world will truly be ready for his presence. So may this season be a season where we appreciate the gifts of Christmas. Hope, love, joy, and peace. Now let's pray. Father, this morning we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. And Father, we praise you for the hope that is ours in Jesus. And we, we pray, Lord, that you would help us to be able to share that, that faith with others and that you provided a way for us to know for sure that we are a part of your family. And Father, we thank you for this offering that we are about to receive. May you use it for your honor.